Kings chapter 18. As we wrap up this year, I, uh, I was, Lord, and literally, the Lord literally gave me this message and the understanding of this passage of scripture. Question I'm going to ask in a few moments, you will see, I never had thought about it because uh, lots of times there, the stories in the Bible, they're so great that oftentimes we focus on one point or two points and we really miss so much more that is there in the story. So the story we're going to look at today in 1 Kings chapter 18, that's my whole life. I've been focusing on one part. And here we're going in. I've been teaching and preaching. Number one, we did my teaching on prayer. I'm setting a preface for service. Teaching on prayer. Then I talk, taught about outreach. Anybody remember this, those? Now, I've been preaching about, hey, it's time for us to work. It's time to get out there. And then the Lord, in this passage of Scripture, God brought this passage of Scripture in my mind, and I started reading it without any understanding of what he was really wanting me to do. I read the, the entire chapter of 1 Kings 18. Know the story very well. Many of you know the story. But when I read this one point, God impressed on my mind the question that really I'm going to be preaching about tonight. And I said, yeah, God... That is pretty amazing there. And I'm going to show you in just a moment because I believe it's a word for the palace of praise for 2020 because I never saw it. The Lord had to have given it to me. I want to look at two verses and then we're going to look at one other verse in that chapter that precedes those. Verse 38 of 1 Kings 18 is the first place we're going to look at for two verses. It says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And verse 39, and when all the people saw it, everybody say, when the people saw it. Paul's, we're going to read the rest of that. I just want to remind you in case you did not know, they did not have TVs in those days. So this was not being broadcast across the nation. It's important. It wasn't being broadcast across the nation. They did not have a social media connection so that then they could look on their social media connection and see this event that was happening or hear about this event that was happening. The Bible says, and they saw it. You know why they saw it? It's because they were there. Now you say, what's the big deal? I'm going to show you in just a minute what's the big deal. They were there. Who? The children of Israel was there. We're going into 2020. And I believe God has a revival, not just for the Palace of Praise, but I believe for the state of Oregon and for this nation and this world for 2020. I believe God is going to blow some of our minds here at the Palace of Praise and in the state of Oregon. Not just people that we've never met, but your family, your friends, your co-workers. And that's what I'm going to preach about this morning. But look at, and when the, all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. Our God is a healer. Our God is it. We read, we sung about that this morning. The power of God. He is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Now look at verse number 21, if you would. Verse number 21 of 1 Kings 18, it says this, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? It's a question. If the Lord be God, you need to follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people at this point answered him not a word. Verse 21, he puts this before them. They cannot even answer the prophet. But in verse number 39, we find them crying out and they're saying, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Something happened between verse 21 
and 39 that change, you ready? Not a small group of people, but a nation. <laughs> palace of praise can't affect anything. The palace of praise can affect the entire state of Oregon and can affect the nation. Oh, no, you're, we're just a little church. No, you don't understand. If one prophet can help to change a nation, then I would think this group of people could help change the state of Oregon and affect a revival across this nation and around the world. Come on, somebody needs to hear your pastor today. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help your pastor and help us today in the house of God. Lord, so thankful to be here today, God. So, so thankful for your goodness, your mercy, your kindness to us today. Pray, Lord, you would help me in handling the word of God and touch every mind, every heart, and every life in this house, God, to receive the word of the Lord. Let there be a seed that would be sown into our minds, into our spirits for the year 2020, God, that we would see the greatest revival that we have ever seen, Lord, at the palace of praise, that we would see, God, the greatest influx of souls and the greatest harvest in the state of Oregon that we have ever seen, God. All, Lord, throughout God this state I pray Lord from border to border God that you would pour out a revival Lord on every church every preaching point and houses oh God where people are going to seek your face this year Lord to you be all glory and honor and praise God use this people Lord for your glory and honor to we to you God we give all glory and honor today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah and you may be seated Verse 21 is where I want to take your attention this morning. Again, it's great to have our guests again. I want to say that one more time. So glad you are here. So glad you are here. And verse 21, I want you to draw your attention there. When Elijah's talking, he says this, how long are you going to be halted between two opinions there? Folks, we live in a world where there are many voices. Would you agree with that? And this is a world filled with opinions. The reality of the matter is, is there is many opinions in this world as there are people in this world. Because even everybody in this house, you have your own opinions in this house. So the world is filled with opinions today. But here's the fact. Boils down to this in regards to the spiritual. There are only two opinions. There's God's opinion and there's the other opinion. God's opinion is clearly stated where? In God's word. And since God's word doesn't change, then that means God's opinion can't change because he's bound to his word. But the other opinion is always changing. We don't believe in evolution in regards to the physical, but folks, there is a constant evolution going on in our society in regards to opinions because they are affected by our society. And as you know, our society is about humanity. And so then all of the opinions of this world are constantly changing. You say that's not true. Well, look at our nation 20 years ago and how people thought which that was their opinion. And now look at today in 2019, going into 2020, and look at the difference in, quote unquote, opinions today. We think different, we look at things different, but when I look at the Word of God and I see Acts 2.38, which was 2,000 years ago, guess what? That is still the message today. That's still God's opinion about salvation. His opinion has not changed. You still need to repent. You still need to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin, and you still need to receive the Holy Ghost by the ever speaking in tongues. That's in the book, folks. You find it in Acts 8. You find it in Acts 10. You find it in Acts 19. You find it in the Word of God, or this is truly the opinion of God. I go back to this again. He said, why do you halt between these two opinions? So we are faced with this fact. We have only two choices available to everyone in this house today. Either the true or the false or God or the other. 
There are no other choices. Knowing that, folks, then we as the people of God who have the Word of God and the knowledge of God have a responsibility to our society who has all of their opinions to get to them in 2020 and let them know about God's opinion. We need to get to them and let them know this is right, that is wrong. Not because of me, but because of this Word right here. We have a responsibility, folks, to get this opinion to them. So when we look at 1 Kings 18 and 39, it says, And when all the people saw it, they fell down on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. Because there's only one God, folks. The Lord, He is God. The word Lord there means Jehovah, folks. He is God. And the Jehovah of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New Testament. There is no two gods. So the one God that was there is the same God that is here today. Can I get a witness in the house? So the question that needs to be asked at the very outset of this message is this, and it's not the question I'm going to preach from, but it's this. What was the plan of God? Or what was the objective of the man of God? What did the man of God hope to achieve? Was it just theatrics that was going to occur on the mountain? I know what it wasn't. It wasn't a time of entertainment. It's what the mountain was about. It wasn't a time of showmanship. It wasn't a time for him to showcase his prayer life before the people. It wasn't even about the sacrifice or even the fire of God coming down from heaven. That's not what it was about folks and can I insert this our worship time our prayer time that's not what it's about when we come to the house of God they are extremely vital don't misunderstand me we need to be praying we need to have good worship we need to be on key we need to do our very best but folks that's not what this is about the mountain wasn't about entertainment. It wasn't about showmanship. It wasn't about a prophet showing off himself. It had nothing to do with that at all. The plan of God can be summed up in one word. It was about revival. Everybody shout revival. Everything that was going to occur on the mountain was about revival. God wanted the people to be restored. God wanted the people to know who he was. God wanted to draw the people back to him and everything else was about just getting them to God. The prayers, the talk, the sermon, everything that was done all was about revival. Again, everybody shout revival. And Elijah wanted to see people acknowledge that there was a true God. He wanted to unveil, are you ready, the real thing. The real thing. Why? Because the nation was inundated and saturated with false doctrine. There was temples to Baal everywhere. There was false sacrifices going everywhere. And that prophet said, hey, I want to make sure somebody knows about the real thing. And honey, the palace of praise needs to realize there's a lots of false doctrines. There's a lots of strange fires. There's a lots of strange things going on. But we need to be propagating the real thing thing. We need to be propagating there's only one God and his name is Jesus. We need to be preaching repentance, baptism in Jesus' name and people receiving the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. He wanted them to know about the real thing. Can I ask somebody in this house has your life been positively affected by the real thing? Come on, I can't, I can't even hear you today. Come on, has your life been positively affected by the real thing? If it has, then we need to make sure somebody else knows about the real thing in 2020. Somebody clap your hands and shout amen. God's been good to us, church. It's the best life you can live, living for God. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Elijah wanted the people to turn their hearts to God. See, Elijah 
wanted to show that 450 to 1 wasn't fair to the 450. <laughs> Come on. Because, man, when he instructed somebody, he said, you bring all 450 of them up here because Elijah wanted to show it doesn't, huh? you ready? He wanted to show that might doesn't make right. Oh, oh wait a pastor. We're not the largest church in town. Might doesn't make right. Numbers don't mean you're right. The only thing that means you're right is whose opinion is regulating your life. Whose opinion are you behind? He said there's two opinions here. There's God and there's this other opinion. Whose opinion? The false religions of the day. Church, we have a responsibility not only to those who've never heard about God, but those today that are sitting in churches that don't really know the real opinion of God. We have a responsibility in 2020 to preach and teach, folks. Oh, somebody shout amen again. See, this whole story begins with a challenge. The prophet Elijah, he begins by challenging the people. <laughs> and what people, you might ask, good question, what people was he challenging that day? See, the individuals who needed revival in their life was the ones he got an opportunity to reach to that day. Have you ever thought about this? And this is the question the Lord impressed upon my mind. How did the outcast prophet get those people to the mountain? How did the outcast, uh, let me put it another way. How did this man of God who was on a mission from God and who had a message from God, are you ready? Get thousands even tens of thousands of backsliders to climb a mountain for a revival service. You ever thought about that? How did an outcast man of God and prophet get thousands of backsliders to climb up a mountain for a revival service because that was what was going to happen on the mountain was a revival of the knowledge of God and the revelation of who was the real God. So how in the world was this going to happen? Because that's exactly what happened. Now, get this, folks. This blows my mind. Get your mind around this. This is a word of the Lord, I believe, for the palace of praise today that God's trying to tell some of us right here at the Palace of Praise that we need to stop thinking the way we are thinking and change our thinking for 2020 if we want to see a revival. See, in our story today, God used a process. In Elijah's day, it didn't rain for three years. Everybody, someone say everybody. Everybody, folks, who came to the mountain that day was suffering from drought. They were going through a difficult time in their life. They had lost a lot. Some of them were hungry and some of them were starving, folks. Felt like the Lord gave me this for this church. We look and we say this. We can't have a revival because the palace of praise is in the state of Oregon. We can't have a revival. Why? Because we're here in the Northwest, and in the Northwest you can't have revival because of the spiritual climate that's here. Hey, excuse me. Let's look at right here. How did an outcast prophet get thousands of backsliders to climb up a mountain for a revival service? Why? Look at the political situation of the day. Folks, the king, his wife, and the political system wasn't only ungodly, they were anti-God, totally against God and hated God. That's the political environment of that day. They were 
a nation that was backslidden on a long ways from God. Not just a couple. I'm talking about the nation was backslidden. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. But in that environment, political, and in that backslidden environment in the nation, God got thousands of backsliders to climb a mountain for a revival service. Honey, we serve a mighty God who can do anything. But God uses a process. It's so interesting. Are you ready? The words of Ahab is what's so important. (laughs) See, when it starts out, he's accusing the man of God of being the one who's stirring up all of the trouble. Have we ever heard that before? Folks, I can assure you (laughs) that for those three years, the political leaders of that nation was blaming the man of God for all of their trouble. I guarantee you that all throughout the nation, that I guarantee you that Ahab and I guarantee you, old Jesse was saying to everybody, it's because of the man of God, Elijah. That's the reason why he had to flee and hide because they wanted his hide, folks. They were blaming the prophet. They were blaming God because they couldn't have water. Your suffering is about the man of God. Your suffering is about God. That's what's going on right there. I'm sure that everybody in Israel thought that it was Elijah's fault for the situation they found themselves. Then how did he get so many people to a revival service on that day when so many people were going to be blaming the preacher for so much bad. Somebody needs to hear the word that he wants to give to the palace of prayer. We can have revival. How could God get so many people to a mountain for a revival service when they were blaming God and the man of God for so much bad stuff. I'll tell you how. It's a God thing. Look at your neighbor said it's a God thing. It's a God thing. And it's going to have to be a God thing if we're going to have a revival at the Palace of Praise in Oregon and in the state of Oregon and Washington and the Northwest, folks. It has to be a God thing. You ready? First, the verse in chapter 18, the very first verse of chapter 18, according to the word of God, it was God's time. You can't have revival unless it's on God's time. You cannot force the issue. You cannot make it happen. It has to be on God's time. And I stand here today boldly declaring to the palace of praise, 2020 is God's time for revival. 2020 is God's time for an influx of souls, of backsliders, and people to be restored to God. You need to believe it. You need to believe it with all of your heart. Oh, somebody clap like you believe it. Somebody shout it to God like you believe it. Hallelujah. Now, you ready? If it was God's time, and it was, then look at your neighbor and say, but then. Look at your neighbor and say, but then. No amount of opposition by false prophets, wicked spirits, or the devil himself can keep people from a revival service. All the false doctrine in the world can't keep people from a true revival service. Somebody got to hear me. Somebody got to hear me. Even if truth is outnumbered, they still can't keep people from a revival service when it's God's time for the revival service. You ready? There is no political power in the world that can stop. I don't care what our governor believes. I don't care what our state senate is doing and the laws they're passing. There is no political system. There is no political power that can stop people to come into a revival service when God says it's time. And 2020 is the time and God is about to do some mighty things the palace of praise. Why? Because our God is greater.
salvation. Woo! Now, folks, I want you to look at this thing. I want to go back to my original question, and that's this. How did an outcast prophet get so many backsliders to the mountain? The fact is, he didn't. Elijah didn't get him there. Ready? 1 Kings 18 and 20. So Ahab. Pastor, did you say Ahab? Pastor, did you, did you say Ahab? Could this be the husband of Jezzy? You're talking about that wicked king? You're talking about that ungodly king and that, that witch of a wife that he had called Jezzy? One and the same. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Did somebody get that? The wicked man who hated Elijah and whose wife wanted to kill Elijah. Or let me put it another way. God used Elijah's enemies to bring the people to the mountain for a revival service. Now get your mind around that, folks. God used somebody that wanted to kill the man of God to bring people to the revival. My God is greater. My God can do absolutely anything and everything that he wants to do, folks. Now, God gave me this message and it has been blowing my mind. Hear me, just recently, two different backsliders, they told me when I was talking to them, their own backslidden family members and friends have been telling them that they need to get back to church and get back to God. Not us, not the palace of praise. Backsliders and people that used to be in the church are telling them you need help and the palace of praise is where you can get your help. Somebody get your mind around this. I had a backslider call me that has a family member that's been missing a lots of church here and they're struggling spiritually. They called me on the phone. This individual who called me has been, stick, been talking really bad about the palace of praise and the man of God. Preaching, speaking everywhere they could because that's what they're doing, preaching their message, Facebook and everything. Telling all these bad things. They call me. They know I'm the pastor of the palace of praise. They know this is the place. And they tell me, you know what? I've been telling them that they need to get back to the palace of praise because they never had such a good life as they did when they're at the palace of praise and they're not acting right and they're not happy and they're not, they got all these issues. But when they were going to church and doing what was, I'm talking about a backslider that talked against the church is now telling me that he's telling them that they need to get back to church and get refilled with, honey, don't tell me my God's not still alive. If he can use Ahab to send people to a revival, he can use anybody to send people to revival. My God is able. My God is able. And God is about to do his word. Somebody shout amen. amen. Woo! Oh, somebody needs to hear me. What Elijah could not do, God did, folks. All Elijah had to do is do what God told him to do. Folks, they might not listen to us because they may have issues with us. But I'm trying to tell you what God gave to me. I'm asking you a question again. How did an outcast prophet and man of God get thousands of backsliders to climb all the way up to the top of a mountain to a revival service? It's because God was working, hear me, outside of just this group and his person, he was working on the outside with backsliders, encouraging them what? To get others to 
to get to the house of God. If he can do it then, because he's the same God in the day of Elijah as he is in 2020, then folks, he can use people to get other people to come to church that's not even living for God. You're saying it's not possible. Honey, you don't get blessed to be on the phone with me with all the calls recently. You don't get to be with me and all the texts that are going on. You don't get to be with me with all of the all of the emails that I'm getting. Honey, I'm not just whistling Dixie today. I'm not just talking today. I'm telling you, this is the word of God for 2020. We're going to be shocked when people come in here and we're going to say, why did you come back? And they're going to look at you and testify what I'm preaching today. They're going to say, well, my family who's backslidden told me I needed to get back to God because my God can speak anywhere. He can use anybody for a revival when it's time for a revival. So pastor, how can we how can we get going with this revival? How are we going to get them here for revival? We're just going to keep doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're going to keep doing like Elijah did, and that's what? Stay strong with the right opinion. Stay strong with the right opinion and give the right opinion. That's what we're going to do. And then we're going to let God do what we can not do. Because God does expect us to work and do our part, but he does not expect us to do the miracle. Elijah never brought the fire down out of heaven. God sent the fire down out of heaven. We can't make the glory of God appear, but we can't make God fill the house with his glory. But I can tell you one thing we can do. We can do our part in what? Praying, bombarding the, the gates of hell and breaking people free from hell and bombarding heaven and asking God to do a revival and then God will do his part. We got people in this house this morning that need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. I watched them while we were singing this morning the glory of God moving in this house. Their hands within the air. They were crying and they were seeking the face of God. I can't make that happen. You can't make that happen. But if we get them here, if we get them in the house of God, God can send the fire of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Hallelujah! I was talking to a backslider just this week. I'm, I'm telling you, probably seven or eight this week alone. I was talking to one this week, and they made this statement to me. This is the most difficult time I've ever been in my life. I've never went through what I've gone through before. I've been communicating with backsliders who were saying, I don't know what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go. I feel like giving up. I think, you know what they are? They're in a drought. They're in a drought. God has allowed some things to happen. Why? Because he's trying to get thousands of backsliders to get back to a revival service to see a demonstration of the power of God in their lives and in the lives of their family. See... They're in a drought. The one told me, he said this to me. He said, I'm going through the most difficult time I have ever gone through in my life. And he told me, and none of you, none of you know who he is. And he told me, and he was in this church for a while. Matter of fact, I was his youth leader, and me and him had lots of good times together. And he told me, he said, the best time of my life when I was in the palace of praise, living for God, full of the Holy Ghost. Folks, we can't make them think a certain way, but God can create a situation and an environment around them that will cause them to say and feel and believe just what he said to me. I cannot reach into his life and make him come to the house of God, but I got a God that can put things into place and let things happen, that their hope is going to be them have. And they, you're saying, I have this sermon for this when they were talking to me. Here, they made this statement to me. But coming back to God is going to be a, a long journey to try to get back to where I was. And I made this statement. It'd be just like you're climbing up a real steep hill, won't it? 
It's going to be like just climbing up a real steep hill, isn't it? And they said, yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be. Because I was thinking about this sermon right here when the backsliders had to climb up the mountain to get up to the top to get to the revival service. But I, I told him on the phone, but I said, get this. If you'll make the effort to climb the mountain, when you get to the top, you may find the fire of God is going to work in your life and God can take care of some of the situation. But I said, if he don't, you're still going to have the best life because now you're going to have God and the fire of God in your life, folks. Folks, I hope I'm blowing your mind today. I hope God's blowing your mind today. He's doing things that you can't even believe is going on. Why? We're in the last days. God wants there to be a revival. God wants to save souls, and he wants to use us at the palace of praise. Oh, somebody shouted to my God today. I'm almost done. Look at your neighbor and say, he's almost done. Hear me, they were in a drought, but the drought was all about and part of the journey to restoration. We need to get them to this point, folks. Verse number 39, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. Pastor, why are you trying to encourage the palace praise to be praying before service and not just coming down and just kind of but really asking us to really pray. Why are you really encouraging us when it's worship time to get down here among everybody else? And you may not be a dancer, but you can sure raise your hands. and You can sure lift your voice. And why are you encouraging us to get down here and us all be together down here worshiping God? What you doing, Pastor? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm trying to make sure that they walk into the house of God. They're going to feel the fire of the Holy Ghost from the time we start our prayer time to the time they repent at the altar and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to make sure when they come through that door right there, they're going, hmm. Oh my Lord, what in the world's, ooh, I haven't felt this thing in a while. I haven't, because what do you think those people that day go, whoa, look at the fire, wow! Because the fire brought a fear of God into the, into the hearts of those people, and the fear of God caused them to get on their knees and acknowledge there was a God. The, hear me. The fear of God is linked to the anointing and the power of God. When God reveals his power and anointing, he also can bring a reverence and a fear of God. Not afraid, but a reverence for the presence of God. So when we got the power of God moving out, they can walk into this house and all of a sudden there's this fear of God or the acknowledgement of God. And you know what that's going to be? That's the step toward what? Repentance. Because then when they realize who they are and who he is, then they're going to want to get to him and repent and get right with God and get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the reason why you are important. We need to be reaching out to people. We need to be teaching home Bible. We need to be doing it. We need to do everything we can to get people into the house of God. But my personal belief is this, and I believe it's a sermon I'm preaching today. I believe we are going to be shocked by the people that God sends to the house of God that we never reach for them personally, but God just sent them back to the house of God in 2020, folks. Did you realize around this church right here, I can name backslider after backslider after backslider. I'm talking about living on 198. I'm talking about living on 196. I'm talking about living on 192nd. I'm talking, honey, oh, pastor, that's just by accident. That's, it's just by accident that they ended up there. Well, you think what you want to think, and I'll believe what I want to believe. And I believe God has strategically placed some people close to the palace of praise so they could be right next to the mountain, so they could go up the mountain and get to the revival service at the palace of praise, and they can again fall on their knees at the altar and say, Lord, you are God and there is no God beside you, even Jesus Christ. Ready? You have a responsibility that when you come to church, tired, doesn't matter how you feel, push aside your tiredness, push aside all your trouble, get to into worshiping God, praying, and let's let the fire of God fall in the house. 
We're only having one service today and I'm taking up your food time, so, but I'm almost done, but I only get preached once today. I'm supposed to have a guest, so this is really my last sermon and some of you are thankful for that for 2019. But this is how Elijah got to the point. First, he obeyed God without hesitation. Second, Elijah had faith in God, extraordinary faith in God. Elijah realized this moment was ordained by God, and I believe 2020 was ordained by God. So he said, you can do everything that's humanly possible to deny the unveiling of God's miraculous power. And that's what happened. He said, you can do everything. You folks right here that showed up from our revival service, go ahead and fill up your water and pour it on the altar and do everything you think you can, humanly possible, to stop the fire from coming down and God showing his power. Did that not happen in the scripture? You go ahead, folks. Go ahead, backslider. Go ahead in person. You just keep trying to pour the water on to keep that fire from starting. And you just try to keep... You go ahead and do everything humanly possible. Remember, the fire from heaven wasn't for entertainment it was about revival but Elijah knew everybody say he knew he knew it was time, God's time to shine and the people didn't cry out Elijah is the greatest prophet they cried out the Lord he is God 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 it was time for God to reveal his power over every false spirit, every false doctrine, and nothing was going to stop the revival. And folks, you ready? He prayed. Everybody said he prayed. Elijah prayed. And third, Elijah gave them clear instruction after they had made their choice. He said, and you need to follow God. That's a key to revival. Not only do we make sure we obey in God, and not only do we do our part in making sure we facilitate a move of God, but this church needs to make sure we keep a clear, true message to the people that are coming here. We gotta make sure we stay with God's opinion at the palace of praise. Oh, but pastor, they don't want to come because of this standard or this or that or that. Honey, I got a God that is able to change their opinion, change their thinking, and change their way. Where do you find that? In God's opinion, the word of God. He can do it, church. He can do it, church. I believe we are attempting to obey God. At the, can we stand? You better go get some music. I'm almost done. You can stand and get a little relief here today. And when I look at it so far, I believe this church is praying. I believe this church, to the best of my knowledge, is doing what they can do for the King God. We have good people at the palace of praise. Well, pastor, we're not perfect. No, none of us are going to be perfect. Well, Pastor, there's some room for improvement. Yeah, that's what I taught on Tuesday night, room for improvement. That's working on some things. There's some things we need to do better. Absolutely. Can anybody agree we all can do better? But I think we got a good church. I believe we got a good network. We've got a good foundation for God to build off of. And guess what? It's more than one. Elijah had his one. We have more than our one. So if he can have one and change thousands, I wonder how many all of us can change. I don't think some of you are getting it. The other morning I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I was standing behind the pulpit preaching and I looked up and these seats had people all sitting in these things. God didn't give me a time thing. I sat up in the bed and I started weeping. And I said, God, let it be according to your word. Not mine, not anybody else. God, you let it be according to your word. If they're to be filled, then God, you do it, and I'm going to believe it for 2020. You're saying, honey, I got my hand on the Bible and tell you, that's what happened to this pastor right here. I didn't eat to that night. It wasn't anything about that. I believe it was God encouraging this pastor to tell this church, you better watch out because somebody's about to take your pew. Somebody's about to take your seat, and God's about to do something. You are not going to believe at the palace of praise. 
I told you in 2019, God was going to bring, bring, bring backsliders back. Honey, he didn't only bring backsliders back to the palace of praise. He brought backsliders. Some of the people you know have already come back to church in other churches. And I told you, it wasn't just about here. It was about them getting there. If he did his word in 2019, he's going to do his word in 2020 at the palace of praise. Are you ready? I believe the palace of praise is obeying God and doing good, but there's room for improvement. I believe we have a message. And I've been teaching doctrine, other men and our ministry staff, Bishop on Sunday morning, our other young men that have been preaching, teaching, just preaching and teaching under the anointing of God and giving us some great messages here at the palace of praise. And I personally have faith in God. I believe it's God's time to shine at the palace of praise and in the state of Oregon. I believe it's time for a revival in the Northwest and it's time that the palace of praise makes a difference for all of the state of Oregon. I believe that God real soon is going to let this church start some other churches that are going to start bringing revivals to other cities around us so we're not the only church, but there's other churches around us. God is doing things that we cannot believe. I believe it's time for the fire of God not only to fall on a mountain, Israel, but I believe it's time that the fire falls here at the Palace of Praise in the Aloha Beaverton area, in the Hillsbury area, in Portland, and across the state of Oregon. Hear me. It's time for God to shine and not us shining, but God to be shining. It's time for backsliders to see how much we love them. One of them says, you, you probably don't have time for me today. I said, I always have time for you. And even then, I had pulled off the side of the road so I could talk to them. I said, I always have time for you. And I said, anytime you want to come to the house of God and pray about your situation, I'll meet you there and we'll pray. We got to make sure we're making time. We got to make sure we're making time. Because hear me, if you'll get up to the mountaintop, Elijah did, God will take care of the other stuff. He was the one that went up there according to the will of God. But then God sent all of those backsliders up for revival service. If we're faithful in what we're doing, God is able to send people to this church and fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I have faith in God for 2020 for a great revival. So I asked you a question. Is there anyone in this house that believes what your pastor has preached today? Is there anybody in this house that would believe God for revival for 2020? And if there's somebody in this house that will really believe and you want to claim the revival for 2020, then I want you to do more than just sit there, standing there clapping your hand. I want to see somebody make it down to these altars. I want to see somebody get your hands up in the air. And I want you to start thanking God for the revival that he's sending to the palace of praise in 2020 because God is able to send a lots of backsliders to the revival service and the move of God. Come on, pray for some people you want to be saved. Come on, claim them in Jesus' name. Call their name before God. Say in 2020, I want to see them get the Holy Ghost. In 2020, I want to see their life change. Woo! Jesus, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, church, we got to pray like we mean it. We got to travail. We got to push and bend birth to the child. Come on, do you really believe God wants us in the revival? Come on, do you need the Holy Ghost? Repent, ask God for the Holy Ghost. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Woo, hallelujah. Woo, yes. In wonder and surrender we fall down. Lord, show us your glory. Show us your glory. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, 
you are everything, Lord Jesus. You are greater, Lord. You are greater, Lord. You are greater, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, rain down, Lord, your power revival upon the palace of praise. Reveal yourself, oh, God, I pray to us, Lord, in the power of your anointing, Lord, like ever before. God, help us to keep our eyes, God, upon you, Lord, in everything, God, that is going on. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Folks, we had just the other day, we had a, a backslider, how this church had the Holy Ghost sitting at our dining room table eating dinner with us. And we were reminiscing about the past of them being in the church. We we're talking about, you remember when we used to go to youth convention? They sat there at the table, you could see the tears in their eye, and they said, you know, I remember that powerful moves of God. I went there and I saw all praying. I remember us getting down on the front row at youth convention and all of us young people getting together and praying and feeling God. And you know, I never, am I, I think Darren, you probably were sitting there too. Hun, was you sitting there too? Damien, you probably were sitting there saying, man, I remember the great move of God I felt at those youth convention and back when we had our youth group and all of us praying and how God moved among us. Folks, they have memories that are greater, good memories that are greater than what they think their bad memories about. And I believe it's God is going to start watering their good memories and helping them to forget and forgive some of the old things so God can take them to the mountain for revival. If he sits there and says that stuff at my table... I believe we're about to get him back here at the Palace of Praise too. I'm telling you, some of you are going to get your mind blown when they're in these altars praying and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about people I'm dealing with that are hooked on addiction and prescription drugs right now and their life's all messed up and they're wondering how to get off. I got a solution. Let's get them back to the mountain, to the fire of God, and they're going to get over their addiction. They're going to get rid of the prescription drugs. They're going to get rid of that stuff. God's able to break the spirit of alcoholism. God's able to break all that stuff that some of them battle. You know what all those things are telling me? They were running for God, running from God, and that's what they've used as a substitute from Brother Rocky. Am I not telling the am I telling the truth? He's a witness of that saying. We run to those things because we're running from God. God's able to be greater than those things and pull him back to them. I'm not trying to preach again. I'm just giving you a word of encouragement. I forgot to tell you a while ago. Honey, if they'll come to my house. They'll come to anybody's house. Because I've kind of been here a long time. They got issues with palace praise. They probably got issues with me somewhere. But God is bringing them back. Here's what I want to say is I want us to repeat the latter part of that verse, what they said. Would you repeat it with me? The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. I say it again. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And what's His name, church? Come on, shout it out. Why don't we lift our hands and thank God for the move of the Spirit of God today and being in His house. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Thank you, God, for moving upon us, Lord, and doing, God, a great work. 
Thankful, Lord, again, God, that you have drawn us to a place of commitment in you, God. Thank you for every soul today that their mind, their spirit has been touched by your, your very anointing, God, upon them. Thankful, Lord, again for your word today, God. The precious word, Lord, that you've given unto us is a light, God, for 2020. Gives us direction for 2020. The spirit of truth to lead us in 2020. God, we need you, Lord, to give us direction every day, God, in 2020 that we don't lose one moment, God, of the day that we don't squander one opportunity, Lord, but we, God, truly see you working in all things. Your perfect will to be done through your anointing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Feel God. It's hard to leave church when you feel in the great presence of God. We will be having uh, our watch night service on Tuesday night, not watch night, but New Year's Eve service. 7 o'clock, going to have communion, special speaker. And then Saturday at 10 a.m., we'll be doing the memorial service for Sister Gailey Alverson's mother. And then also, then we will be having church next Sunday. And that will be our first Sunday of the year. And uh, you know what? There just possibly could be some backsliders here that probably could possibly just could be a firefall. And somebody might just leave saying, the Lord, he is God. You need to start believing. Amen. I need, my wife needs to see the ladies back in the back room. I need to see quickly the ushers and the hostess over here. Not the hostess Twinkies, but the hostesses of the Palace of Praise. I need to see you over here. If you have a hostess Twinkie, I'll take that also. But I need to see the ushers, hosts over here quickly. Ladies back in the back room. You need to, if you would, go back and see the ladies.